ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Hey, Center Point Church, thank you so much for tuning into your podcast. We are currently in our series, Building for Tomorrow. It is an exciting time for our church, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast. All right. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Today, I have Josh Cadenas and my wife, Avery, and we will be bringing you the podcast today. Today, we have Pastor Wade giving us the sermon, but before we get into the sermon today, we're having a holiday come up pretty soon, Halloween, and I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys have a favorite or memorable costume from Halloween that you guys have done? I think my favorite costume is honestly one I've done as an adult. Um, growing up, I was always a big Batman fan. I've been obsessed with Batman. I have a Batman tattoo. I love it. And like two years ago, I got everyone in my family to dress up as Batman. So that, that was great. Everybody? Everyone. I, well, my wife was Batgirl, but okay. um, the rest of them were all Batman. That's all, awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Isn't one of your kids named after Batman? Um, almost all of them are. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Grayson um, is the first Robin. Um, Richard Grayson. Okay. Mm. Um, Oliver's middle name is Drake, who is the third Robin. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. This is this is deep. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, this was a good question. All right. Meyer good. has no Batman affiliation, <clears throat> but if we have another kid and it is a boy, we decided the middle name will be Wayne. I've been pushing that for like since the beginning, and she <laughs> won't let it, but she agreed. So. Well, and Meyer was a name given by God. Yeah, to Meyer. Kayla. Yes. So. Meyer is, so that like super. So God gave it. Meyer, and then you gave Batman. I, I, I did. The kids. I did get to pick um, Meyer's little name. Middle name is Link, which is a Zelda reference. So oh, okay. all my kids have nerdy names. I so, love that. So Batman, obviously favorite superhero. I guess well superhero. My favorite quotes, superhero but, okay. is actually Robin. Oh, I do. I, I I grew up like you know. He does everything Batman does, and he's like a small child. And <laughs> I like the first Robin the best, and he grew up. He became like Nightwing and became like an adult. So he's my—he's probably my favorite superhero. You could identify with him more. It's yeah, yeah. He's 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 cooler. He's okay. like Batman with less like. I'm sad about my dead parents. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but um, okay. So grew up comic books and everything. Yeah. Yep. All right, heavy into that. We we'd ask for the whole Robin backstory because oh, I can know. get into it. I can do a whole podcast just on like the different Robins. Their Maybe that's the new that. series, a yeah, side is, series. Yeah, branch off from this. Okay. All right. So we got Batman, Halloween costume, everything. Avery, what's what's yours? Oh, we didn't celebrate Halloween. What? We didn't celebrate Halloween oh, uh, growing okay. up, so we didn't. I mean, fall until fest. yeah, we did Fall Fest. Actually, I remember it was our first. The, the church that my dad was um, leading in Pittsburgh, it was their first, like, fall festival. It was, like, when that became a thing. Um, and people could dress up, but we all had to dress up as your favorite Bible character. Ooh, fun. <laughs> so, Is that a little blasphemous? <laughs> Can you come as Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone came as Jesus. I, I went as Goliath being— Goliath? Yeah, I was Goliath. Oh, wow. Um, Did you have a rock in your head? <clears throat> no, I should have. That would have completed it. That would have been better. That's right. um, But, yeah, that's—I guess that's— one of the only ones that I remember. That's do you pretty- celebrate Halloween now? Like, do you let your kids dress up? We do. It was it was a. I mean, Eric, you celebrate Halloween. Or you did all through a growing up. So yeah. And so that was the conversation. Like, should we celebrate? Should we not? And we do. I how don't do your, know. How do your parents feel about that? They. I mean, we, they go trick or treating with the kids. I think they love it. Does that make you mad? 
<laughs> no, you know, we always loved it because they would pull us out of school the day of Halloween. It would be like a special thing that we would go do. Sometimes like it was like my mom was feeling really excited. We'd stay at a hotel that was like local and we'd like be in the pool and it would just be like a fun thing. So it was always like extra special for us. It was, so it was fine. But it's funny to watch my parents because especially my mom, like she never celebrated with us. So she's like all out with the kids. She's like so stoked by it. And so, um, yeah, we do. Yeah. I don't know. And now this year you got to be Taylor Swift for the yes. super duper costume dance party, which was what last, was it two nights ago? It was yeah, Friday that was, night. It was okay. really good. Pastor Steven did a great job. Yeah. Um, uh, super duper dance party was a blast. Yep. And so you got to do Taylor that Swift. That's, and that's now my most memorable. Was, Probably because <laughs> it, it was like one of three times I dressed up. I <laughs> didn't even notice you were dressed like Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I thought no. you were just like there in no costume. Uh -huh. Yeah. It was my usual outfit. Uh -huh. You're a Swifty at heart then. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Eric, what about you? Um. So when I was a kid, I dressed up as like a grandma with like curlers in my hair because I had curly hair <laughs> mm -hmm. and wore like a bathrobe and I just remember that one being um good. And yeah, then I also like a nightgown. What? You had like the full nightgown and everything? Yep. I had that. I had like slippers on and everything. And then when I was in college, I dressed up from um the guy from the hangover, uh Alan with the baby and everything, had like a beard and all that. So that was I went full out for that one too. So yeah, um, but yeah, got some got some costumes that I I remember there. But <laughs> so as we're going into the sermon today, just a quick pivot of transition topics. <laughs> yeah. um, Pastor Wade gave gave a sermon today, and uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was you know very uh, passionate and uh, you know inspirational when you start to think of the building for tomorrow program and putting more you know, faces, put, putting people that you can like visualize being in the new, new building, um, just to kind of throw it out. Was there anything that stood out to you guys from the sermon today? Um, just kind of talking through, uh, you know, how to, how to think about, you know, new people coming to the church or new, new faces from the buildings or from the community. Is there anything that just stood out to you there? Well, um, all of us have really small children here. So yeah. mm -hmm. the idea of them growing up in the environment and the environment shifting and adapting and expanding for them, like both of yeah. us have big families. We all have multiple kids, more than average. So that's nice to think of that they'll have places to grow and adapt and become full followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I liked how he, you know, anytime you talk about money, it it can almost shut people down. I mean, I know for me, you're like, oh, no, we're going to talk about money again. But the, I think, you know, it, it expands the way you look at it. Um, it's not about the money. It's about, you know, when he talks about building for tomorrow for our kids. And, and he was putting out examples of, like, you know, there are going to be kids that come in from, like, the apartments that are going to experience God because of this and there's going to be a teenagers down the road that are going to have an encounter with God because they have a place to be and I agree with you I'm excited to see my kids have a place to really I don't know spread their wings in a different way than just at school or at home yeah yeah it is and when you start to think of just like those specifics of like when you really think about like 
what my kid's going to be or your kid's going to be at like that age where they're going to be able to be invested more in the the children's program and even like our youngest kids, you know, Leif and um, Meyer, right? Yeah. Meyer. Yeah. Meyer. So, <laughs> um, so, so um, yeah, when we're thinking about like them being more involved in like them coming to like a youth group here. Um, now, Josh, did you, uh, I know a little bit about your backstory, but did you grow up in a church? Did you have like that experience of like a youth group or growing up in a kid's church or anything like that? No, I didn't have any church experience really until I was like 24, almost 25. So right around that area, the only Christian experience I had as a child was going to a Salvation Army Christian camp. So that was okay. just because, you know, we were poor and uh, they were affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, looking at that as far as, you know, having that space where, where you could go or having that community where it's, you know, something fun that the kids want, want to go to or want to be a part of, I think is something I'm, I'm looking forward to as well. And, um, you know, uh, Pastor Wade began the sermon talking a little bit about his, his dad and the passing of, of his dad. And I think just the perspective, like when we look back over our lives and we look back over, you know, the, the course of what, what we're going to look at when we are on that deathbed of, you know, do we have regrets? Do we have things that we should have done? We have things that, you know, we're, we're regretting or anything like that. Um, I think it's, it's interesting to hear, like, like he said, you know, his dad was, was somebody that he, he knew where he was going. He knew what it looked like after, after death. He's like, I'm going to be there in a few hours, like kind of thing. Um, I think that that's a good perspective to look at as well, because if you take that perspective now and when when you're when you're looking at the things that you're involved with, the things that you're, you know, spending your time, your energy your resources to to do, is it something that you're going to look back on your deathbed and be happy about? Is it something that you're going to, you know, feel like it was a waste of time? Um, I have a question for you guys. What do you guys think are the top deathbed regrets that people have. I looked this up and there was five that came to mind that, you know, over the course of people's life, people regret. Is there anything that you guys uh, can think of that are deathbed regrets? Well, having seen, having seen the movie Click with Adam Sandler, we, we, you can experience all of those. Uh-huh. Um, work too much. We didn't spend enough time with our family. <laughs> we um, cared about money too much. We didn't care about our children enough. Like, I think the most common is probably I didn't play spend enough time with my kids. I'd guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. You said there's five. There's there's five that I found on this website. Just a quick Google search, but I'm sure there's Did different you fact ones. Check that? I didn't <laughs> fact check, but this is this is the top sources. one. That's right. I might maybe I should <laughs> so it's use. Gotta be true. I should probably use DuckDuckGo instead of Google. So yeah, maybe yeah, maybe a different search. Got to keep your uh, your data safe. Too. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Abra, you're a hospice nurse. What do you think? You've seen people go through that process and everything. Um, gosh, I, I would say family's got to be the top one. That was what I'm thinking. Um, didn't go, didn't travel enough. Um, didn't, I don't know. I can't think of travel, kids. Travel, you think? Yeah. Okay. Is travel not it? Not in there. Really? Um, sorry, but uh, the didn't top. Didn't watch enough Netflix. What's that? Didn't, didn't watch, watch enough, enough Netflix. Yep. Yeah, there's yep. so much on there that we're I missing. I didn't have the nice enough car. I wish I would have had like the nice, <laughs> nicer car. The things like that. No, <laughs> the the top five regrets of of the dying are 
Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish statement for (laughs) okay. Go ahead, keep going. I I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Okay, obviously, Uh, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I'm sure you could say family there as well. I wish I'd let myself be happier. Those are the five? That's five. I don't believe those. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a very specific type of person like wrote that list. Well, they they did a research on this, and I'm just, you know, don't shoot the messenger, okay? Okay, okay. So, we'll take into account that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can, you can fact check me later and everything. Will but, do. But no, like when, when I'm thinking about, you know, how people that I've seen that have kind of gotten to that stage, it's, it's never, I wish I had been more successful in my, you know, career. I wish I would have, um, you know, the mountain house, the boat, the nicer car. Um, those are not things that, those are things that a lot of people strive for now, but they're not something that they regret, regret later on. And so. I think, you know, when I see people pass, it's like, there's a reality that, they're aware that they're, you know, everything that they've built is going to be gone. And so I think having some type of feeling of continuation of themselves. Planting the tree. Planting mm-hmm. the tree. Yes, like Wayne said. Yeah. Um, and and knowing that there's something beyond them, even though they pass, that's lasting. Or that's like, you know, helping the world. Leaving a legacy. Yeah. Yeah, I heard something um, the other day that was – talking about, you know, what do you want them to do with your body after you die? It's like, do you want the burial? Do you want uh, ashes spread or whatever? But I guess there's um, something where they can use the ashes to plant a tree. And so... Um, Haunted forest. There you go. Oh, no. And so... <laughs> is Perfect that, for Halloween. Yeah. So so anyway, so you, you can have that extension that I guess that's just like a, a cool visual to, to say, you know, what I'm leaving behind is going to be, you know something that is living past just my body or my um, existence here. It's going to extend generations, um, you know, past that and everything. I will say this isn't um, probably what you mean, but I every time, like, there'll be random times where I'll be like, when I die, Eric, I want you to plant a bench in a park for me. A, pen, a bench, a bench. Yeah. yeah. I'll just like, just as a reminder, I want a bench in a park. <laughs> Do either of you spend a lot of time like sitting on benches in parks? No, not at all. special you know for what? you? Every time I'm at a park, because I'm at a park a lot with the kids, and mm-hmm. I see a bench in memory, That's I'm like, memory of somebody. nice that they, they put a bench in a park. I'd mm-hmm. like to be there. I want to be stuffed, personally. Stuffed. Like a nice, like, end table. With your child that they just carry you through the yeah. <laughs> generations Pass to come. On. <laughs> you I'm, won't forget me. i got enough kids that maybe one of them will want to take me. Yeah. And <laughs> playing my odds Like, here. Dad, we got to let you go. <laughs> this is getting weird. I'm going to end up in a garage sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So taxidermy. That's, that's all right, good. This is the dream. All right. <laughs> and, like, an Uncle Sam costume would be cool, too. Like, oh, okay. Our dreams right. are pretty much the same. Bench, yeah. being stuffed. <laughs> it's about leaving that, like, legacy. There you, you know? go. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Well, things to We're really, turn. we are <laughs> going off. Um, so, you know, Pastor Pastor Wade uh, gave a, a few good points there about, you know, has has there been anybody in the past or any examples? You know, he gave that that scripture that, you know, um, Paul is is kind of talking to them uh, the, in the Corinthians, uh, talking about the you know be an example, not not commanding them to to give. And I'll pull up the the scripture here in a second. But 
do you guys have any examples of, you know, people that you have seen live a, you know, faithful life? Have you, have, do you have any examples that have come, come before you that you can kind of emulate or, you know, point yourself towards, um, when we're thinking about, you know, somebody that had an experience or a, a life that expands, expanded generations or past them, you know, just being here. Is there any examples that you guys can think of for that? Your, your, uh, your dad's like a pastor, so you, you could probably talk about <laughs> Yeah, ahead. I mean, I think about, um, you know, my grandma. She was, um, had a lot of faith and, um, and that passed down to my dad, which passed down to, to us and seeing like, you know, when things aren't going well or things are difficult or you're, you know, you, you are always being prompted to root into your faith. And that I think has given a great foundation, at least for like all of my sisters and me. And, um, and that was a foundation that was put in by my parents' parents and, and then them and then to us. So, I mean, that's what I think of is like, you know, living lives of, of faith, reading it back to Jesus always. And so, yeah. yeah. Anybody I'm, for you, Josh? I'm more trying to build my foundation right now, but if somebody brought me into their, um, their umbrella here, I'd have to say the, the Millers, mm-hmm. they really, um, invited us into their home and their life and really like showed us like compassion and like just mentored us. So in that aspect, they kind of shaped us and brought us into the, under their tree that way. Mm. But nobody in like my family or like growing up, I don't think laid that foundation. So we're now trying to do that for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's important, like about the church is like, you know, um, like having space of people in the church that you can look up to and like that can pour into you. And I think like of people, like I think of Mary, Mary, has been really close to our family just because she's been a part of the church for so long. Yeah, my kids call her Mimi. Yeah. She, like, adopted us. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, and, like, just, you know, and and I've, you know, had a hard time, like, through my pregnancies and just reaching out to her. Like, I just need someone in my corner to pray for me. And, like, having people in the church that are, are able to, I don't know, just be that. And, and if you're not a part of it, like, if you're not in a part of a church, you don't get to experience that. So that's what I'm excited about, like, you know, building for tomorrow, having a space where people, that can happen for them. That, that was a really good point that, like, churches are that community for people because in today's world, we really don't have that. There's not, like, a place that we all, like, get together and hang out and, like, do things with people that aren't, like, at our jobs or in our family. Like, we don't have, like, the YMCA anymore. You yeah. Know, go there and play rec basketball or whatever they used to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this is like the only like bastion of community left, I think, is the church in like yeah. modern America. And I think that's something that we need to push more. Yeah. Like yeah. we need communities. Yeah. The, you know, other examples are people that are just, you know, a like minded, you know, group or, you know, just founded off of like something that, you know, has. The, the church is something that, you know, has that diversity. It's that melting pot of people coming together and Pastor Wade, you know, um, touched on that because it's something that you can really, really see here at, at Centerpoint. And it's, it's something that is, it makes it very, very special here because when you have just those people from different walks of life, different cultures, different, you know, so much diversity coming together that the church is, you know, 
one of the last places we can kind of see that. And, and so, I mean, I don't think all churches are like that. I think, no. I think center point is unique in that. And I think you have to be intentional about that of like, who is on leadership, who's part of the teaching team, who is up at worship team, who's leading groups. Is there, there's a, a diverse, um, group of people doing that. And I think center point is intentional with that. And that draws people of different backgrounds in, um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of places or churches that it ends up being all one uh, political party idea, one, you know, face, they're all older, they're all younger or, you know, so I think that's not something that just, just happens. I think it's intentionality that creates that. And mm-hmm. I think they've done a good job at doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good example of what, you know, Jesus did with his ministry as far as bringing people from different you know, he he gave like the example of like the Roman soldier and the the zealot, you know, coming together or the Jew and the Gentile coming together. It's like people that normally wouldn't interact or normally wouldn't, um, you know, be, be friends or be, you know, acquaintances or whatever, uh, them coming together. And I think that that is, like you said, something that's very special about, about Centerpoint. But, um, you know, I found that that verse that he he mentioned. It says, "I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich." And so, I think that yeah, that's like a good. A good way. If you don't have the example, you know, in your life, you know, obviously Jesus is a great example to follow with all that, you know, being an example of, you know, laying down yourself, not, you know, um, not just, you know, striving at the things that, you know, culture or the world wants you to, to go for, um, and not just giving out of like this command or this guilt. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something that when we're coming together, we're thinking about this building for tomorrow project. It's just, how we give is is just as important as you know what we give, and so making it a intentionality to um, you know think about that before we're coming to the table and and giving here. Um, is there anything else that that stood out to you today in the sermon? Uh, any other talking points that you want to bring up? His father's faith, like mm-hmm. that's something I struggle with a lot. Like knowing he was going to die and knowing he was like, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Like I think about that all the time. Like we all think we're going to go to heaven, but it's easier to get for a camel through the eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know it's all possible through God, but, and then what does he say? I'm, it's like three different places in the Bible. Um, you'll say, you know me, I did all these good acts and, oh, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I panic about that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a stressful <laughs> scripture. Yeah, think about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that. I think um, I really struggle with, I mean, and, and it's hard to, No, like I think there's going to be a space where we just don't know for sure. And so I think that's why we have to be careful of like how we judge other people because it's like um, we don't even, we can't even judge ourselves fully. It's like only Jesus who can and judge us. Um, But um, I I really struggled with that. uh, I don't know, I guess probably a couple of years ago, maybe less than that. But I, I listened to, um, a podcast and someone was talking about how like uh, read Romans, just read and and that will wash you in the the um, love of Jesus. Like he is there for you. He is going to um, make a way where there isn't a way. 
and um, and fill in that gap. So I'd recommend that. <clears throat> Doing the Bible through the year right now. So once I get there, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much longer do you have on that? Uh, two months, you know, because we'll, oh, we are in close. October and it's, you know, to the end of the year. Nice. Uh, you're making me feel bad because I think <laughs> I started that. I definitely started that. And I think I made it through like, let don't, me get this not very far. <laughs> don't feel bad. There was like 20 something people that were in that group. I think there's only five of us left. You did so good. I'm, yeah. That's so impressive. It's, not it's that hard. Many. It is. It's, sometimes it feels like homework. Yeah, it like, does. Oh, I got to yeah. get it done. And mm-hmm. so I'm laying in bed, like falling asleep, reading on my phone. But I'm, I'm I will there. say, and it's hard with like young kids. It's hard to like. I mean, it's hard all the time, but like you and your spread so thin, like but good for you. I'm almost there. Yeah. But we'll not do this next year. <laughs> <laughs> I need a break. Yeah. Made it uh, so I'll do some then. other study, but I will not yeah. be reading it the whole Bible in a year. It yeah. is. It's hard. I mean, I think when you read through the Bible through a year, it's because um, I've done it. I've done half of it before <laughs> well, and I've never finished it, but um it's just like getting it done. You don't get to like really, you don't have time to like, yeah, yeah. It's not like you get to study it. Um, so next year, maybe I'll just do a whole year study on Romans. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found that very comforting because I'll go through phases where I'm like, oh gosh, like how can I know for sure? And so like if I'm getting in that season, I'll like of questioning, um, that's where I'll go back to, to be like, okay, find your assurance here. Find God's love right here for you. This is what it's about. Um, so, and even if I am damned, as long as I can set my kids up, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They're more likely to go than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think you are. You're fine. Yeah, but no, that that is something to highlight there. Yeah, um, his his dad's faith of just knowing for sure where he was going and everything. And you know, it's something that you know we can think about now. We don't want to get to the end of our lives and, you know, question or to just be so uncertain of, you know, what is next for us. And I think the the best way we could do it is, you know, looking at, you know, how we're investing here, how we're investing in the the church and just, you know, making, making sure that we're, we're, you know, preparing for the future generations here. Um, but anyway, I wanted to uh, just wrap up here. We will continue next week in our Building for Tomorrow series. Uh, Other than that, thank you guys for joining me and have a good week. Great. Thanks. Thank you.